Welcome to the Lessons Learned Podcast, a podcast reflecting on the lessons we've learned and those we're still in the process of learning. I'm Komal, your host. I'm an interviewer, investor, and someone who has lived a lot of life in a short time. I built this podcast as a place for us to reflect, to be together, and to learn from one another. Let's get into it. Welcome to episode 14 of the Lessons Learned podcast. This week's lesson that we're going to be diving into is how we are not alone. You are not alone. Mitch said this to me about an hour ago as I was trying to pump myself up to get into the gym. As some of you know, I am doing another 100-day fitness challenge. The rules have changed a little bit. I am also mentoring a group of women as we go through the challenge together. And it's a lot of pressure. When I was doing the challenge alone, if I wasn't keeping up with my workouts or if I got in my head about it, I just had to own that myself. But now when I'm facing that mindset or like having hard days with the challenge, I still have to pump myself up so that I can be present for the other women I women I am helping through the program. And so I felt like a little bit of an isolation around that, um, an experience that kind of made me self-sabotage a little bit in some ways. Um, we were away for this last weekend uh, celebrating Christmas with Mitch's mom's side of the family, and we were away at a cottage for two days, and I did a big workout on Friday before we left and then didn't work out Saturday, Sunday, we went for a walk on Saturday. But it took me a couple of days to get back in the rhythm now that we're back. And it was actually Mitch who just looked at me when we were sitting on the couch and I was saying, I got an episode of the podcast to record. And he's like, and what about your movement for today? And I was like, you know, he's like, no way. He was like, even leaders need support. Even leaders are not alone. And he literally (laughs) grabbed my hands <laughs> I <laughs> I do this thing where I just let my butt fall onto the ground when he does this and he's like can't pick you up my back hurts and I was like fine I will make myself get up myself <laughs> and then we went into the gym he is not feeling very well right now he's got bronchitis and so he was just doing some light stretching and he was like I know just simply being present with you in this room is making this workout easier for you And he's saying that because yesterday I had a a pretty challenging day as well. I woke up from a nightmare and I wasn't actually planning on sharing this, but here we are. I woke up from a nightmare yesterday morning that something had happened to my grandmother. And so I have one living grandparent left, my grandmother, and my nanima, Sir Mukbuar. And she is just the love of my life. And I don't know what it is, but I just, she's literally she's everything to me and so waking up with that fear that something had happened to Nanima really messed with me throughout the day and I didn't realize the impact it had until I decided to call her it was like around two or three o'clock and I'd woken up at like 8 a.m from the dream and I called her and I was like Nanima like are you okay is everything okay and she said you know no actually this morning I had a really bad episode of vertigo and I don't really know what made it come on. And 
timing wise, it actually turned out to be exactly when I had my nightmare and woke up out of my sleep. And so I think I just got really rattled by that. And it triggered just a lot of thoughts about the things my grandmother has endured in her life. And a lot of that in, has included um, a lot of pain and grief and suffering. But she's such a positive woman. Um, this is a woman who has lost two of her daughters at very young ages. One of my aunts was at home studying um, from med school and had lupus and didn't realize she was allergic to a type of fruit that she was eating and then went into anaphylactic shock and passed in my grandmother's arms. And that's harrowing. Like that experience is harrowing. And I think of like my mom's experience with that as well, being in Canada at the time, her family in India and getting that kind of news. And so I went through this almost Rolodex of the grief that I've borne witness to and, and in my life have also experienced since I was in my teenage years and my second aunt passed away and then a number of other things happened on my maternal side of the family. And it all just came in waves yesterday. And so I was very emotional. And I think the, the part of the reason this statement Mitch said to me of like, you are not alone hit so deeply is because of my very, very intense experience yesterday, but also because it's so true in so many ways. When I hear that statement, it makes me think of one of my favorite quotes from Maya Angelou, I come as one, but I stand as 10,000. We are our ancestors' greatest dreams, as another quote goes. And so when I say you're not alone, I deeply mean it. There are so many people who have come before you. There are so many people who care for you, who love you, who adore you, um, and who have loved you and perhaps passed on or moved on. And they're here with you. And those who are actually physically present are here with you. And we can't forget that. And so when I have days like yesterday, which don't happen as often anymore, I feel like I've been able to process a lot of the hard, hard, hard moments in my life in a way where they don't kind of take the wind out of me like that. But as anyone who's experienced grief or loss uh, knows, grief happens in layers and it comes in waves. And for me, even just the thought of my grandmother being gone was just like very harrowing. And Mitch is like, you can't even talk about it. Like you can't bring it like, and I'm like, babe, like I have to talk about it because it was such a powerful experience for me. But what happened for me last night of the release around the different traumas and griefs we've all endured was really important and impactful. And so the residual vibes of yesterday bled into today. And I was very intentional about, you know, how I was going to start my day and, and a, a number of different, you know, tactics and things I've learned to help me move through really intense times. And this is a really intense time of year for a lot of people. We talked about it a little bit on last week's episode, um, but the holidays aren't easy. The holidays are challenging, uh, whether it's because you are surrounded by family but don't feel seen, or you don't have family that you like to go to or don't have family at all who you are going to be around, um, or whether it's you're isolated because of your experiences with food and coming together. Um, or 
the pressure of perfection around the holidays and the various things that can come from just the vibes of this time of year or even the pressure we feel about the new year and all the things we want to become and haven't become this year so we're putting it all on onto next year there's just so many things that can trigger us to go into self-isolation mode and so I want to offer this episode as an opportunity for us to come out of that or at least take a half hour or so, 45 minutes or so, to be in community around our loneliness and our isolation. To realize, again, I may have said this in a past episode, but my friend Rupi's poem of about loneliness, the irony of loneliness, is that so many of us are feeling it all at once. So let's talk about how we're actually not alone. So here are a couple of tactics or thoughts I've had around how I remind myself I'm not alone or the things that make me not feel alone when times are hard or challenging. And most recently, it's been with facing some of my demons and limiting beliefs around my finances and how I make money and my relationship with money. And one tactic that's worked really well for me that kind of just happened because I picked this book up was surrounding myself with stories, surrounding myself with the stories of people who have gone through things, who have a similar mindset as me. And this episode was originally going to be a review of David Goggins' book, Can't Hurt Me, and I shared a little bit about it last week as well. But instead, I'm going to use some of what he shares in our conversation about you are not alone. So in reading his book, he said something that resonated really deeply with me. And it was that our journey for betterment of ourselves and self-improvement doesn't always have to come from a place of self-loathing of, you know, I hate these parts of myself, so I need to make them better. It, it can actually come from a place of self-respect and self-love. And it might seem like a nuance that is obvious, but a lot of my motivations in the past of improving myself, especially when I was younger, would come from a deficit. I am not enough in X, therefore I need to change X. But actually, now more recently, when I'm looking at the changes, the smaller changes I'm trying to make in my life, the subtler changes, it is out of a deep self-respect for myself that I'm trying to change these things. And I no longer see, you know, trying to better myself and improve myself or change, you know, my limiting mindset around money, um, the different things that I'm trying to level up around as shameful. I used to think wanting to be like improve myself was shameful because it just made me feel like I was never enough. But coming from a place of wholeness and enoughness and saying, what else am I here to do but try and be better every day and then enjoying the journey of becoming better has been amazing. And hearing him, or not hearing, but reading those words come from his book made me feel so seen and so much less alone because he was able to articulate not only that journey that I've gone through, but also he lived what it felt like to do change from a shame place and to now do it from a place of self-respect. And so surrounding ourselves with stories of others, the people who perhaps inspire us or the ones who, um, whose stories resonate closely with us is really important. And uh, after I was done his book, I picked up another one. And just the writing style, the tone, the type of book that it was, 
didn't really strike me, so I actually returned it. So being very precise and careful and thoughtful with the content that you pick up and choose is really important in this realm, especially when we're in that place of loneliness or not feeling seen or not entirely sure how to have a sense of fullness with our our experience in the moment is so important so I say this to people about their therapist like you can shop around to find your right therapist Uh, don't ever feel like you're tied to the first person you tell your story to yes that first session is always really hard but you can still shop around if it doesn't feel right Uh, you're interviewing your therapist and the same thing with jobs and bosses that you're trying to work with you're interviewing the the culture of the company that you're trying to go into the nature of the boss that you might be working for you also do that with the books and the things that you read the things on your your instagram feed all of that so around the holidays don't read things or be around things that necessarily trigger you unless those are triggers that you do want to process and and experience right now but just be gentle with yourself Uh, so surround yourself with those stories the other thing i'll say around about surrounding yourself with stories is the lineup for Christmas Day movies this year is so good. So we've got Star Wars, we've got Jumanji, we've got Little Women, we've got a lot of other really good ones. I'm going to go see Frozen with my nieces on Monday, and then Mitch and I are going to go see Star Wars on Christmas Day. But there's a lot of content coming out right now that is inherently feel good. So if this is a time of year that's tough for you, um, go to the movies. Let yourself just consume content that makes you feel good. Go out of your way to feel great. Let content consumption be your self-love during this season. Um, If that's something that serves you, if unplugging is what you'd rather do, then go right ahead and unplug. But this is permission granted if you need it to just let yourself consume content that makes you laugh, makes you feel good, and maybe makes you cry. There was a Will Smith movie that came out, I think, two or three Christmases ago. And I don't even remember the name of it, but it, it just hit my heart because it was about this dad or this individual whose wife had, you know, been suffering from cancer and uh, he chose homelessness as, and then you kind of see the whole unraveling of his story. And it was at a time when I was still like kind of coming out of the hardness of my recovery from cancer. And I can't tell you how seen I felt in that movie. So purposefully choosing content that reflects our story can sometimes help us process the pain that we are experiencing around the triggers that we have. And I'll never forget going to see that movie that Christmas season and how much, how much it gave me. And so take what you can from the content that's out there. That would be the first sort of tactic around reinforcing for yourself that you're not alone this holiday season. The next is also from Can't Hurt Me, David Goggins' book, and it is plan for your vulnerabilities. Plan for the things that might take you off kilter. Visualize those things when you're in a really good place and then prep accordingly so that you can handle it when it comes up. So sometimes we're really afraid to think of the worst case scenario, but actually in this situation, it's about planning for the worst case scenario. So for me, knowing I'm already a little bit emotional around family things, I know I'm going to be crying this holiday season. I know it might be irrational, but sometimes what also happens is when we're further along in our healing journeys, when we've processed a lot of the trauma and pain from our lives and we're in a safe place in our life, 
going back to places or like, you know, childhood homes, things like that, it can just bring things up. And it's okay to feel all those feelings and experience, you know, have the tears, like let yourself go for the ride that is going to be that, that whatever X experience is going to be. So when I mentally prepare for that, it's just giving myself permission to let the waterworks go, (laughs) to get emotional, to be honest about where I'm at with my family when I get emotional or, or things are triggering for me or just being okay with talking to them about the thoughts and feelings that come up or the fears that I might have um, and that being okay. So that is another aspect of it. But, and it's, it can be in so many different things. So if it's food related, it's visualizing what it's going to be like when everyone's telling you, oh, you're a vegetarian, why don't you eat this meat? Or you haven't had enough, fill your plate more. Or you've eaten too much and someone's commenting on how much you're consuming knowing that those comments are going to come your way, you can mentally prepare for your response, your lack of response, and it can just help you not be so triggered in that moment in particular. And sometimes come in with a heavy arsenal of responses that feel good to you. And that's something, you know, for me, weight and commenting on uh, bodies in my family is is something that can happen a lot. And it's something that I do have to mentally prep for. And sometimes even with all the preparation, it's still wildly triggering. But in other instances, the prep work I did with visualizing or thinking about worst case scenarios actually was really helpful. Uh, Rachel Hollis talks about this in her book, but after she, so her, her brother committed suicide and she actually found found him after he had committed suicide. And when she was going through reconciling that trauma and continuing to it's a forever process she said sometimes she would just get so afraid of thinking about it or remembering it that she would just try and tuck it away but it she actually ended up giving herself permission once a week she would carve out a little bit of time whether it was an hour or a half hour to just let herself go there and scheduling it allowing there to be a space or period of time where she could just soak it all in and be in the shitstorm of the emotion that came up or the trauma that came up helped her process it over time so with the lead up to the holidays let yourself do the same thing create pockets of space for yourself when you're in a safe place where you can think about worst case scenarios or the things that do trigger you so that it's not a volcanic eruption the closer you get to d-day or christmas day or whatever that looks like new year's day um let yourself feel the feels and create space for yourself to comfortably and safely on your terms um, go through what you're most afraid of. And I think sometimes we forget that when you've survived the hardest thing, remembering it like you've already survived it. So we're so afraid of remembering or thinking about it or the triggers around it, but it's like you've already survived the hardest part of it. And it doesn't make it easier for those memories to come back up, to resurface, for you to have to relive them. But it's a reminder to yourself of your own strength and resilience that you've already come through this, that you've experienced it firsthand, and that the memories of it will suck, but you've already survived it. So mentally prep, let yourself prep for the vulnerabilities that may come. Next up is budget time for recovery so the holiday season it's a season for a reason 
we have been holidaying and Christmasing since December 1st. Um, Mitch's family is uh, beautiful and large, as is my family. Um, Mitch's parents are divorced, so we did Christmas with Mitch's dad and brother and sister-in-law and nephew, and then we did with his mom and then with his mom's side of the family. And then we're going to go back to Grand Prairie and do it, do two Christmases with my side of the family. So that's a lot. That's a lot of weekends where you're socializing in between your potentially buying gifts, or if you're not doing gifts, you're just busy in the holiday season. And like, it's festive, it's fun, but it's also intense and work is still happening. And astrologically, actually, it's a period of time where things are really busy, like our us energetically, we're, we want to keep working, we want to keep doing like it's not normally this time of year, you feel like you can unplug and unwind. But for a lot of people, that's not the energy or vibe that's happening right now. It's we want to keep going, we want to keep building, we want to keep doing the thing, which is why I'm intentionally going to take a break next week on the show. So next week, there will not be an episode, because I want to have one next week. But I also know that I'm going to give myself a moment to take a breather and we'll be back the, the week of January 1st. So it's a season for a reason and you have to give yourself time to recover. So when you're looking at your post-holiday schedule, give yourself a day or two days to get your head back in the game of the new year of work, of decompressing post-family time. I'm uh, notorious for booking travel Till like the moment we need to be back so we have to be back at work on Monday I book our flight so that we land at 12 a.m on sun or like 12 a.m that Monday morning so late on Sunday night but this time I've buffered in uh, three days for Mitch and I to have a weekend for us to grocery shop for us to do all the things we need to do to feel great our first week back at work in January but that takes intention and it takes working against my inherent FOMO, fear of missing out and planning accordingly so that I can succeed and we can have a great start to the new year. Um, so give yourself time for recovery post holidays. Uh, and if that actually sounds awful to you because it's such a triggering season for you, then just do you. Give, I'm giving you permission to just do whatever it is you feel you need during this time of year. Next tactic or thought process around you are not alone during this time of year is hands up if you feel pressure about your New Year's goals, being someone brand new in 2020, new decade, new you, who am I? I am the best. I'm going to do all the things. You guys have heard me try and implement all the things this last few weeks. Uh, Mexico gave me an opportunity to do sort of an early New Year's or like your planning audit for for myself and, and business. And it really took the pressure off of Jan 1, which is awesome. And I want to reflect that to you guys. You're going to wake up January 1st, and there's very likely things that are going to change in your life because you feel ready to change them, and the holidays are done, and um, it's time for new goals, new intentions. And it's okay to be gentle with yourself while you do that. <laughs> I think we can go gung-ho and I love that energy and you heard me do that with my whole morning routine a few weeks ago that I still haven't come back to but you can be gentle with yourself and know that any substantial or important change in our life that we're trying to make usually doesn't happen overnight there are lots of people who wake up one day and they change everything and that's remarkable and it comes to that inflection point where they're like this is the tipping point tomorrow's the day 
every like these certain things that are so important to me are changing. I've had experiences like that, but then it's mentally prepping for if that's not the case. So being gentle with yourself, if the changes or goals or intentions, resolutions you're planning uh, don't work out the way that you are intending now. Because it's with that grace that we can keep trying. And say you fall off a week in or two weeks in, you can come back to the intention that you had with grace and gentleness and kindness with yourself and try again. That's like with me with this morning routine. I've found a new app, you guys. You guys should check it out. It's called Streaks. And it's you're allowed to have up to six things that you're trying to implement each day. And you just push the button and it does this very satisfying tick uh, that allows you to build in the streak every day. So check it out. But that's my new attempt at getting myself into uh, this morning routine that I'm really excited about but haven't successfully properly implemented yet. So be gentle with yourself as the holidays come to an end because there can be a lot of shame and feelings around how much we've eaten, why we haven't been healthy, and we're going to go gung-ho that first week of January and into the new year. Just be gentle. And if you've set intention to change habits prior to the holidays, also be gentle. There's just so much going on this time of year that any grace you can give yourself is so important. So this next one is basically my life this last 24 hours. Talk to someone, anyone. A key to remembering you are not alone, talk to someone. Whether it's, it can literally be a stranger. There's a card game that I found online uh, through Red Table Talk. It's called We Are Not Strangers. And when I saw it, my heart was like, ah, because it's a conversation deck of questions and um, stimulates conversation. And it's, it's a game for you to really see how we can connect with one another. And it's created by this woman, Corrine, and it's beautiful and so intentional and thoughtful. And the reason I went, ah, is because I want to build a conversation deck around lessons learned that can be um, a game you can play with your friends, with family. And it's something that I still want to do, but I'm deeply inspired by what Corrine has done with We Are Not Strangers. And there's a video, promo video for the deck of cards where she just has strangers sit down and pick questions from the deck. And it's wild how much strangers choose to share with one another. And so when you look to talk to someone, I literally mean just anyone. If you need to get something off your heart, off your chest, do it. Now's the time. Like, don't hold it in. Don't let it become part of a potential volcanic eruption. Um, give yourself the gift of conversation. I just talked to Mitch, you know, last night when I was bubbling up with my emotion he was half asleep, bless my incredible husband who, with bronchitis, guided me through my emotions last night. And I just was able to talk to him about everything I was feeling, the triggers I had, thinking about lovely, mus lovely Mussy and her passing and, and what Nanima had to go through and all those things. And it was late. And I could have just ruminated in bed and stayed there and not slept and just been in my emotions. But I chose to speak speak up in that moment. And that might not be available to you in the form of a partner at 2 a.m. in the morning, but maybe a friend is online. Maybe someone's on Instagram who you feel comfortable talking to. Maybe you there is someone you can pick up and call in a different time zone at that time, but don't hold it in. Give yourself the space and time to release whatever it is that's in your heart. Let the words exist. Let the release happen. Speak truth to what your experience is. 
let it out. Give yourself permission to be seen. Validate your emotions. Validate what's coming up. Validate the stories in your head. Talk to someone because you are not alone. This is the part of the show where I ask you, our incredible listeners, to slide into my DMs and share your ideas, your stories, and your experiences with me so we can dive into our lessons learned together. For this week's slide into my DMs, I asked you guys, what helps you most when you're feeling in the depths of your loneliness? What are some tools and tactics that help you come out of it? The Soul Tonic shared connection with myself, journaling, meditation, a movement session all help. Rachel said, I've taken up playing video games and have found some good, fun people to chat with. Honestly, Mitch and my cousin Nathan are downstairs playing right now, and the community they have in the gaming community is so cool. Like, they know each other. They've known each other for years. Rach, I'm really excited that you brought this one up because I think gaming communities are something that can be really positive and a great place to find community and support in. Holly shared, The time I felt most alone was when I was 14 and deeply, deeply depressed. I actually ended up in the hospital. There were a bunch of major relationship breakdowns in the family, and I didn't feel I had a voice back then. And I couldn't assert my needs or what wasn't right. So I kind of was pretty cut off from forms of support and understanding, even though now I know I probably wasn't alone in feeling so desperately deficient and rejected like I did. Anyway, what helped at the time was calling Lifeline, Kids Line, and Youth Line. I basically tried all the mental health helplines. When seeking support and connection from them didn't work, I actually called on Jesus. I'm not Christian now and didn't grow up in the church, but I had some understanding of the faith. And in those dark times, I sought connection from a higher being as a way to not feel so alone. I was desperate and, quote unquote, it, either the idea of or an actual higher power, saved me. I don't think the idea of it being Jesus mattered. It was just the idea of something bigger. Thank you so much for sharing, Holly. Helplines being a first point of outreach is so powerful, and it's such a gift that that's something that exists. And I know that they can be inundated and very busy and all of the things, but it's such a great first form of support when we are feeling desperately alone. So thank you for sharing that, Holly. And also with the higher power, it's something that guided me in my recovery as well, was just this holding on to there has to be a bigger reason for all of this. And that statement alone can be triggering for a lot of people because a reason for pain, trauma, and suffering sometimes doesn't make sense. But it does make sense some of the time for some people. So we hold on to what makes most sense to us and we respect what that looks like for each individual person. Or at least that's what I hope we can do. Thank you so much for sharing, Holly. Mystically Arcane shared, a long walk in nature and sitting by the lake and also a good read. I concur on the good read. Amy shared, I call my good friend, Donna. Shout out to Donna. I love talking to my girlfriends when I'm feeling low. 
Um, sometimes, or actually lately, it's felt harder to pick up the phone, but I still do it because they know me better than anyone else. And they're there for me more than anyone else. And so call your friends. Thank you everyone for sharing for this week's segment of Slide Into My DMs. Now let's get back to the episode. So those are the things that came top of mind for me um, when I thought about this concept of not being alone during this time of year or, or whenever. Uh, so the first being stories, surround yourself with content that feels right to you, whether it, you, you need to be seen in your lived experience, choosing content that can help you release emotions that feel stuck or things that just uplift you, um, whether it's books, podcasts, uh, movies, whatever feels right to you, get into it. Planning for your vulnerabilities, taking a second to think through the things you're most scared of or that feel most triggering around the holidays and letting yourself do a worst case scenario audit and then planning accordingly, visualizing your responses, your reactions, preparing for the worst. I know a lot of people like to avoid worst case scenarios, but that often can lead to just more stress and more triggers and more pain. So just let yourself prepare for the worst. If it happens, you're prepared. If it doesn't, even better. Budget time for your recovery. So post holidays, make sure you buffer in a little bit of time for you to be well, for you to prep for what's ahead. Be gentle, plan for the new year, be intentional with everything you want to come, but be gentle with yourself and the expectations that you have. Give yourself grace. Grace allows you to go even longer with the commitments you're trying to make. Talk to someone, let yourself release all that's within you. Let yourself connect with someone around you um, because chances are there's something they want to talk about too. So you'll be doing them an equal service that they'll be doing you, that they'll be doing you by listening. And finally, this is a big reason why I started this podcast is I just want you to know that I'm here for you, that week after week, I want to show up for you. I want to this to be a space where you do feel seen in your experiences, where you do feel connection, where you can feel heard. And I just want you to know you are not alone. There are people in this world who love you. There are people in this world who adore you. There are people in this world who are waiting to love you, waiting to adore you. And I'm one of them. So be kind, be careful, be loving to yourself and others, and just do your best. Happy holidays, everybody. We'll see you in the new year. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you loved this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to follow me, Gomal, check me out on Instagram at K-O-M-A-L-M-I-N-H-A-S or the show at Lessons Learned Podcast underscore. And if you have an idea of a lesson that we should dive into on the show, then slide into our DMs and submit there or on the website along with any guests you think I should interview and talk all of the things with. As always, I hope that you make some time for you this week and reflect on the lessons you're learning or have learned and take some time to celebrate all the incredible that is you. Until next time, guys. Bye.